Hello, and welcome to the Hidden Archives. I am your host for the evening, Nicole Clark. So it appears that we have switched to a schedule where we release a new episode every three weeks or so. This was not our intent, and we do plan on releasing episodes and stories a little more frequently in the future. But it is where we currently find ourselves. Just know that we won't go more than three weeks between stories. On that note, I would like to let you know that we will continue releasing episodes of varying types in our off-season. We are also in the process of expanding the number of platforms where you may find our show. That way, pesky problems regarding the availability of our show around the world can be minimized. Please be sure to follow, message, like, and rate us wherever you find our podcast. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hidden Archives Podcast and on Twitter at Podcast Hidden. What kind of library would the Hidden Archives be if we didn't honor Joseph Pulitzer? His guidance this evening says, If you will give the matter a moment's thought, you'll see that memory is the highest faculty of the human mind. So utilize your faculties and remember this warning. If you choose to enter the Hidden Archives, if you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Profanity and disturbing content will follow. This is your warning. We can learn a great many lessons from the past, both from the choices of those that have come before us and from the repeated themes of human nature in general. However, remembering past events is but one piece of a grand puzzle. What defines us and our future is what we do with this information. It would, therefore, be of great benefit to study the history of cultures and people that aren't our own. So pay attention, and maybe just take a few notes as we hear A Brief History of the Jinn. You said your name was Victoria? Something like that, anyway. Well, Victoria, I'd like to tell you a brief history of the Jinn who we are, and what we've been through. Most people only know the story of Aladdin and his genie, which says that you get three wishes, you can't bring people back from the dead, you can't make people fall in love with you, and you can't kill anyone. Aladdin responds to these provisions by mocking the genie's power in an attempt to con a free wish from the genie, which works. Cool story, bro. Needs more dragons. Well, it actually does. Why? Because these rules are mostly nonsense. If the tale's going to be a lie, why not include dragons, right? The only actual rule that a djinn has and won't break is that we can't affect events in the past. Kind of defeats the purpose when you think about it. Just imagine making a wish that alters time to the point where you end up not being able to make the wish to begin with. It's a paradox, and frankly, not worth anyone's time. But you certainly can have a djinn kill someone. You can also ask them to bring someone back from the dead. We used to do this stuff all the time. I've even had somebody ask me to kill someone right in front of them, bring them back from the dead, and kill them again. 
Over and over I did this. This happened so many times that the wishmaker eventually exhausted himself with these wishes. At this point, his victim had been returned from the dead one last time, but the wishmaker was so exhausted that he couldn't ask me to kill his victim again. So the tables turned, and the victim had me do the same thing to her tormentor. That was quite the week in my own history. Eventually, they caught up to each other and, being so traumatized by their ordeals of death and resurrection, wished that I would kill them both one last time. So I did. But since they weren't too specific with their wish, I got to choose the method of execution. And what did I choose? Well, I looked into their psyches and found out the ways of dying that they feared most. One was afraid of dying slowly by burning alive, and the other was afraid of dying an excruciating death from a horrible illness. For the one that feared burning to death, I conjured up a vat of boiling oil and gracefully lowered them in, millimeter by millimeter, over the course of hours. For the one that feared illness, I conjured up Ebola. Yes, I actually invented Ebola. Quite proud of that one. How horrible I was able to make that disease for that monster. The hemorrhaging that Ebola causes was kind of an afterthought, too. I just thought to myself, are pain, fatigue, fever, loss of appetite, and projectile vomiting going to be enough? Or should I give them something more... visible? So yeah, bleeding from the eyes. Granted, the holy bull thing kind of got away from me a little bit. But it wasn't my problem at that point. You may be thinking that I'm a monster. But I'll have you know that I wasn't the one who made those wishes. They were the ones torturing each other with their wishes, so I simply obliged. Perhaps that does make me a monster. It's really a matter of perspective. In which case, allow me to offer that perspective. The jinn have always had a complicated relationship with humans. When we first started interacting with humans after coming to this realm from a place far away, we were mostly quite neighborly. Most of us still are. Not that there are many of us left. That's actually really hard to tell. Clearly, we look human, and for all intents and purposes, we are. We have careers, families, hobbies. Would you believe that I know a djinn that's actually a doctor? I know another one who is a conductor for an orchestra. Both of these career paths are quite neighborly. The doctor heals the sick, and the orchestra leader helps make beautiful art. And with access to vast amounts of power and knowledge, the djinn in such fields are able to be quite successful. It also helps to be practically immortal, if I'm being completely honest. But these djinn don't reveal what they are because of our history. We've been used and abused almost since the beginning of our time interacting with humans. Just like Aladdin's genie, many of us have been conscripted into service. You may be wondering how this is possible to enslave a djinn, if they have such power. Well, it's actually quite simple. We are predisposed to help, 
to give people what they ask for. If you ask a jinn in just the right way to stick around for a while, then we will. And we'll stick around until you ask us to leave. Which means, as you've probably gathered, that your wish-making isn't limited. Most of the time, you can make as many wishes as you'd like, as long as we are there to grant them. However, most jinn have gotten tired of the constant and menial work, so when someone finds out what they are, they will offer a list of rules which people just buy at face value. Aladdin's genie said three wishes, and Aladdin never questioned it. Not even when he actually got four. I once met a jinn who told people that they would only get one wish, so they better make it good. And when the wishmaker would question this, usually quoting Aladdin, the jinn would simply say, that was fiction, this is reality, and this is what I'm telling you. Inevitably, a wishmaker here or there would wish for more wishes, to which this jinn would reply by saying, granted, once you find another jinn, they will grant you more wishes. Then she would be on her way. This particular jinn had been around since the beginning, much like myself. She had grown tired of helping people. Like I said, it's constant work, but we are predisposed to do it. We can't help but want to help you. That's the real curse of the jinn. But it was fine in the beginning, thousands of years ago. You were a more simple and humble race when we first showed up. Your desires were easy to grant. You would see someone walking down the road, completely unaware that they were a djinn, and ask them for assistance harvesting a field or pulling a cart. The djinn would oblige, the wish being made, and you would reward us for our service. With our amicable nature, we would become fast friends. You would invite us in for a meal. We would accept the invitation, go with you, meet your family. Someone would make another wish for the food to cook faster, the baby to stop crying or something. And again, the wish would be granted. It was easy. It was nice. But you human beings can get so damn greedy. Enough is never enough, and when you keep getting what you ask for, you don't know when to quit. Imagine what goes through a king or queen's mind when word gets around that the stranger in town, who is so fucking benevolent to anyone, seems to have a magical power to give you anything you desire. They hear this, and the next thing a djinn knows, there's an army knocking on the door and wishing for you to wipe out their enemies, bring them wealth, and strike fear and reverence into the hearts of their subjects. You human beings can be so barbaric. Just to illustrate a point, I once spent some time, a long time ago, in West Asia. I fell in with a group of nomads that had their eye on expanding territory. Typical trope of expand, divide, and conquer. Well, eventually, the son of a tribal king learned of me. Boom. Now you have Attila the Hun. When he finally got too big for his britches and grew tired of me, I was able to leave his service, so I headed west. Settled in eastern Europe. 
things were nice for a while, until I met yet another son of yet another king. But this lad wanted more than dear Attila did. Young Vlad had his father's legacy to live up to and surpass. He, like most people, had very lofty but very specific goals. So, after I helped him become the monster that he became, he wished to enjoy it forever. He wished for immortality. So, immortality is what I gave him. Of course, though, I didn't give him invulnerability. I wouldn't give him something that I myself don't have. But make no mistake in thinking that he's gone, or has somehow vanished. In fact, he is still out there, and he is still in power. He keeps winning elections by landslides. I know. Thus far, it's really hard to believe what I said about the djinn being neighborly. If we were, how could we just be okay with granting such wishes? Well, truth be told, we all just do whatever is requested of us. It really depends on the quality of the human making the wish. No wonder some djinn were called demon. Perhaps this description is more accurate. It is the demon's job to obey the will of the evil master, after all. It's honestly gotten to the point that I can't remember the last time I granted a wish that has done genuine good in the world. Even when there's no promise of gain, when people make wishes anymore, they usually just wish to harm someone else. People think fear will bring them power, wealth, and fame. But you can just wish for these things on their own. You don't have to be specific, really. That's also a myth. If there are any negative outcomes to a wish that you make, then they're your own fault. I don't care what you wish for. You want wealth? It can be yours and it doesn't have to come out of anyone else's pockets. You want power? I can show you how to be a respectable, democratically elected leader. No one gets hurt unless you ask for it. Part of the whole point of a jinn granting wishes is so that humans can reach beyond their limitations. It is only when you exceed your limitations that you begin to understand why they are there to begin with. This enriches you. It makes you spiritually stronger. And the jinn gain their own strength from spiritually strong and well-rounded humans. The further you reach, the more you push your own boundaries, the stronger the jinn race gets. We thrive off of it. But does the wish need to do good? Not necessarily. It doesn't matter to me either way. You see, there are boundaries and limits on both sides of the spectrum, so it really doesn't matter which direction you go. But you know what the last wish I granted was? The wishmaker asked me to give them the ability to dissect a living human body, as in they wanted to keep the specimen alive until every last piece was removed from their body, bit by bit. 
I asked if they wanted to be a physician or something, if they wanted me to just give them this ability. Nope, they just wanted to see if they could do it. And with my help, they could. And they did. They didn't even request that the person they were going to dissect would experience no pain. No, they just wanted to see how the central nervous system responded to such an event, close up. Then they asked me to stay and observe while they did it, just in case they needed to make another wish. They really just wanted an audience to witness them flay the skin off a living person, cut the muscles around the nerves, pop bones out of sockets, and cradle organs out of open cavities. When they finally removed the brain from the victim's skull, they made another wish. That I would applaud their progress. However, they did seem disappointed that the skeleton wouldn't move when they were finished removing the muscles. They actually claimed that I didn't hold up my end of the bargain of keeping their victim alive until the process was complete. I had to point out that a person needs functioning muscles to move, even though they were still alive. Every single piece, on every table, and in every jar and they would remain alive until they wished for this not to be the case. Satisfied, the wishmaker just shrugged and went back to dissecting. They never actually did wish for their victim to die. It's this pedestrian approach to the wish that honestly bores me senseless. There was no enrichment here. There is no spiritual growth. It was what I believe you humans call circle jerking. Again, I really don't care what anyone wishes for. Couldn't care less, as a matter of fact. But you used to express so much wonderment at the fulfillment of even the simplest wish. Now, well, now granting these wrong wishes just makes me exhausted. To put it lightly, I've grown tired of humanity. Now that you know all of this, I'm sure you can understand why. Do I have to grant wishes? Not really. Do you have to breathe? Not really either. You'll just expire if you don't breathe for a long enough period of time. A djinn is kind of in the same boat, but with our own thing. As far as I'm concerned, you are all kind of a lost cause that's dragging the djinn down with you. But there isn't a whole lot I or any other djinn can do about it not without someone to make the right wish first. So, now that you know all of this, and everything else, I will ask you, what do you want to see in the world? And don't be afraid to push the limits a little bit. This is my only rule. What do you wish for? Chaos. Well, I couldn't agree more.
Well, that story goes a long way in explaining the current predicament the world is in. Personally, I would have wished for the guy from last week's story to have his dog back. We'd like to thank you for joining us once again here at the Hidden Archives, where we can always grant your wishes as long as you wish for disturbing entertainment. The next episode should be posted in two to three weeks. There are many more stories from the Hidden Archives that have yet to be shared. We hope that you join us next time for another Glimpse Within. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience, LLC. Please know reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex Animo, Ex Tempus, in Archivum. <laughs>